Well, it's kind of like a New Year's Eve for the Catholic liturgical calendar. Coming up this weekend, it is the Feast of Christ the King. And that's the last Sunday of our liturgical calendar because we flipped the calendar to a new year for the first Sunday of Advent. And joining me today with a special episode of the Glory of the Mass for such a feast day, it is our good friend Terry Ross is joining me today to give us a preview of his upcoming episode number 221. Good morning, Terry. Thanks so much for joining us today. As always, it's my pleasure, Brenda. So you are continuing your celebration of the Great Palestrina this month. You've picked out a Mass. Now, this is what's interesting, though. When we labeled this Sunday as the Feast of Christ the King, this is relatively a newer celebration. So this isn't a particular mass that was written in honor of this feast day, because I don't think it was named a feast day way back when Palestrina wrote this mass. I'm not sure if it was or not, but in in any case, um, I just wanted to play this mass by Palestrina and it's, it's not particular to the feast of Christ the King. There are a few masses that, that you could use, but a lot more motets that feature Christ the King. Okay. So tell us, remind our listeners, uh, they're not familiar with some of the elements of Palestrina's music, but what is very distinct about his writing? His writing is very complicated and yet simple. That is, all the parts are separate from each other, but they come together to make one beautiful sound. Um, You can, that is, the singers aren't all singing the same words at the same time. Mm Mm-hmm. One, one group will come in, and then after a little while, another group will come in after them, and then a third, fourth, maybe even fifth and sixth. But they all all sing their own stuff, but their own stuff is put together in a way that it goes together. Uh, fugal or polyphonic writing. Terry, in our past discussions, we've talked about uh, great composers and who influenced them or who was influenced by them. Does Palestrina stand out as one of those composers who had a great teacher or was he the one whose music was an influence of many other composers that came after? Much more the second of those. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm sure Palestrina had good teachers and everything. All these guys, you have to understand, in the Renaissance started out singing in choirs when they were just little boys. Oh. Uh, so they learned how to read music and everything before they were, uh, before puberty even. Um, and so Palestrina probably got taught by a lot of people, whoever the, were the choir directors, where he was an, uh, a boy singer in the town, by the way, called Palestrina. That's why he's called Da Palestrina. Oh. Giovanni Pierluigi of Palestrina, Da Palestrina. Oh, interesting. But and he, we just know him as... Palestrina. Palestrina. Because there's only one Palestrina. He was he was extremely uh, influential on other composers because he perfected, in to a certain extent, that kind of music. Very smooth, but very complicated at the same time. Um, later composers looked to Palestrina as an influence. Handel, for example, uh, the Baroque composer, uh, looked to Palestrina as an influence when he wanted to try to write things in an older style. Okay. Um, Beethoven was very fond of Palestrina's music, as mm. were a lot of other composers, because he's so, it's perfect in a way. Oh, of course. And especially if you are writing music for the Holy Mass, 
Well, you will always aim to be the best that you possibly can be. Terry Ross is joining us today. We are getting a preview of this week's Glory of the Mass, a mass picked out for the Feast of Christ the King. As we always do when we get together, Terry, we listen to a piece of music and we've picked one out. But this choir that is going to sing this song is the choir of Trinity College. And you said something very interesting as we were preparing that these singers are undergraduates. Kind of explain this choir a little bit. Yes, they're young, they're young scholars at Trinity College. Some of them are music majors, some aren't. Uh, they try out for the choir. Um, and this particular recording is one that was conducted by Richard Marlowe, who for decades was the scholar at Trinity College and the the director of that choir. And he made that choir internationally famous because of his wonderful taste in music and his ability. Uh, They have good voices, but he really knows how to make them come together. Oh, as any good conductor would be able to just get a choir to come and sing together beautifully. So we're going to listen to a piece of this. Now, this is not part of the uh, Palestrina Misa. This is an added piece that you picked out. Remind us, an offertory? Uh, No, this is just a motet uh, called Deus tu conversus. God, you convert us. You change us. Oh, and this is of the choir of Trinity College, Cambridge, under the direction of... Richard Marlowe. Exactly. Okay, so Terry, you know, as you've been teaching me over these years about classical music, I hear in that that beautiful clarity that you were talking about with Palestrina. It is complex because I hear the singers coming in at different times, singing different words. Mm -hmm. And I believe I'm correct when I say these are all men. No. Oh, it is not all men this time. Not at all. No, it's a mixed choir. Oh, it is. Yes, girls and boys. I call them girls and boys because they're all young. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) okay. That's good to know. Now, that was not always the case, though, especially during Palestrina times. There would not have been women in his choir. That's right. For the the high parts, the treble voices, they used uh, boys. Okay. Sometimes men would sing countertenor, that is the alto part, and the boys would sing soprano. Okay. But here it's girls singing soprano oh, and Oh, okay. Alto. Well, now that makes a whole lot more sense because I was about to go, wow, that is an incredible choir. So thank you so much for pointing that out. Terry Ross joining us this morning to give us a preview of this week's Glory of the Mass. Terry, remind our listeners what times they can listen to your show here at Mater Day Radio. We air on Saturday at 4 o'clock and on sun- Sunday the same show at 2 o'clock. All right, so you got a couple of great opportunities to listen. And one thing that, other that's interesting about this particular show, uh, the Mass is called Mess Misa Veni Sponsa Christi, Come Bride of Christ by mm-hmm. Palestrina. 
Um, and he wrote a motet called Veni Sponsa Christi. And he used that motet as the material to base his mass on. Which I makes see. It, which makes it uh, uh, an interesting thing. Because you can listen to the motet, which I play first, and then see if you can pick out that melody in the mass that follows. Okay, I will definitely try to do that. Terry, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today with this preview of this week's episode. You're very welcome, as always. And again, that is Terry Ross. If you would like to see the full playlist of this week's episode, please go to materdayradio.com under our programming menu. Find the glory of the mass. Again, we are talking about episode 221 and underneath that episode you'll find that full beautiful playlist and also while you're there you can take a look at our full programming schedule again you'll access it at materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app